It has always been good to come to Parliament Community Church. We have always felt at home, and today, this weekend, was no exception. To see familiar faces, although at times I couldn't put a name to the face, but I recognize the face. I told him yesterday, everybody should have their name on your mask. <laughs> <laughs> but then also being there yesterday at the coffee and realizing there are faces, people that we're not seeing, that were very, very precious to us. Arnold, Bob, Peter, Helen, and Rosanna, just some of the people that have been very, very close to us. They're waiting back home for us. Amen. So a big thank you. Thank you for praying for us, supporting us, Wow, it's been 34 years since we stood here with our four little kids. In April, we returned to Saskatoon, where we're beginning our retirement time. But today we're here, and we want to look into God's word, and we want to see what he says for us. Seasons, a time for everything under heaven. Very fitting, like Seasons like gray hair. This guy has seen seasons in life. Very appropriate that I talk about seasons. Timely, yes, this last week, I got a little feel for Saskatchewan one morning when I went for a walk. It was minus seven outside. And you laugh and you think, oh, Richard, you're crazy. Like, you think this is bad. Like, there were guys out there with short pants. Like, they had not realized that it's a new season coming. Ecclesiastes Solomon says that nothing is random. Nothing is meaningless. Nothing is insignificant. It doesn't always feel that way. Many times in the 34 years of ministry now, I had questions. And I still have many questions. I don't always understand. And so we're going to reflect with you, look at God's word and share of our lives and just sort of unravel a few things. We're going to start off with three decades, sort of three time periods in our life. Uh, Hazel, why don't you sh start us with the first season? Our first season is when we arrived in Austria. In 1987 is when we stood here in, well, 86, 87, we visited you, and we had four small children at that time. Eugene Peterson, uh, in, his, in the message, writes Ecclesiastes 3.1 in this way. There's an opportune time to do things a right time for everything on the earth. And in 1987, or before that yet, we felt God saying to us, this is an opportune time to go into full-time missions. Our four children were 10, eight, and the twins were six. The Austrian church conference was planning to do a church plant in the city of Gmunden and would like us to move there and help with the church plant. 
These 12 years in Gumunden were a time to plant and a time to harvest. God and we planted seeds with a Jesus video shown in the town theater. We planted seeds by Richard teaching conversational English in the town. We planted seeds by going to birthday parties and funerals of the people that were attending. That's how we reached out into many, many lives. We planted seeds by uh, being a part of the parent association of the school that our kids were at. We saw harvest. We saw lots of harvest. When a young lady at the end of a Bible study said, what should I do with my sin? What a joy seeing her find Jesus and seeing her find forgiveness and walking with him to this day. We saw harvest in seeing this church plant thrive and growing to around 100 people today. We see harvest in seeing lay leaders growing in their faith and leading this group. And it was a joy for us to be there. It wasn't a joy to say goodbye, but it was a joy to be there. Uh, even though it, we, there were restrictions, but we could still say our, our goodbyes to this church. And that was a joy. So that was our first season, 12 years. And that church has gone on to send out other workers mm -hmm. to Bangladesh, full-time workers there, Kyrgyzstan. And so they continue to grow and to multiply. That was a wonderful season. Like it's like gardening and it grows and it thrives and you harvest. The next season in our life from 1999 to 2010 was a difficult season. I would call it a winter season. The Austrian executive of the Mennonite Brethren churches, uh, five churches in Austria, they says, you know, like we would like to send you to a struggling church to help them to health instead of planting a new church. We know you can plant a new church, but we would love this church who has struggled for 30 years in Salzburg to come to new health. And there are signs of good life there, but there was a lot of conflict and had been for years. And I thought, no problem. Like, I'm a middle child. Like, I've got three older and three younger siblings. Like, I know how to make peace. Um, you just give it to me, you know, the conflict, and we'll work it out. And I just realized in those 10 years that uh, I couldn't do it on past experience. There was just many, many times of coming to God and crying out to him, for help. Ecclesiastes talks of a time. It was a time to heal. It was a time for me personally to heal of woundedness that I experienced in the present then, but also woundedness from my childhood and my teenage years, my young adulthood, where I had had hurts and I needed healing myself. A time to weep. It was during this time that from our adult children, 
One son says, I no longer believe that there is a God. I guess I should call myself an atheist. And we struggled with him in his faith. A daughter, marriage broke apart. And we wept. A time to weep. A time to mourn. Right in the first weeks of coming to Salzburg, a young man, middle-aged man, passed away. And we had a funeral. Hazel lost her parents during that time. And Ecclesiastes says, a time to build up, but also a time to tear down or to close down. After seeing successes and baptisms and conversions and other things, but sort of the bottom line, in the end, we said the wisest thing to do as a church membership we met for a weekend and prayer and the final decision, we need to close down this church and we need to bring people into other evangelical churches in Salzburg. A difficult time, a winter season. But we're through that one now, right? <laughs> the third season were our last 10 years. We lived in Linz, Austria. And we worked with member care with our mission, with Multiply. And we spent time with our missionaries all over Europe and Central Asia. We did a lot of traveling till COVID hit. Um, it was a time to be quiet and a time to speak. Verse 7. Uh, we also guided our, far, our five Austrian MB churches in leadership development. These were years spent in walking alongside our church leaders, watching them grow, listening to them, praying with them teaching and speaking encouragement into their lives. I would say we ended with 10 years of being in our sweet spot. We loved the work we were doing. Our role in member care meant a lot of listening, laughing, crying, and just being parents and grandparents to our workers and their families. Many faced faced huge transitions and changes in their lives as they moved to Turkey and moved out of Turkey and moved in different areas of, uh, there, there were huge transitions. And yet this was a time where we really are thankful for what God did. Now at the end of this season, the two of us are experiencing the changes and transitions, exactly what we read about and taught about to others. Now we're in that, in that season. And Richard, do you want to take us through some definitions of what it means to go through different... And we know every one of you is somewhere in a transition or change. Uh, that's just part of life. Yeah, so in this process, you know, when a person realizes... Es geht nicht alles rund. Not everything is round. 
sorry for uh, doing literal translations, okay? That was German. That was German, and I translated, yeah. Es geht nicht alles rund. It's not all round, okay? So you, then you start looking, okay, what, what could it be? What can help? A book that we came across, William Bridges is the author, Managing Transition. And he defines two words. The first word, change, is that which is notable, that's which we can see, that which happens. You can feel it, you can see it, you can sense right now the season is going to change. People get ready, winter is coming, okay? Now, transition is how I adjust and adapt to that which is happening out there. Transition is psychological. It's inner. It happens inside of me, or it doesn't happen within me. Transition, according to Bridges, he says there's three phases, and it doesn't happen like just bang at midnight, you know, the clock strikes, and then we move on to the next phase. It's all very fluid. It's sort of one goes into the other. But it starts out by innerly, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, letting go of the past, letting go of summer. The end, the third phase, so first of all, you let go. The third is you embrace and you grab on to what is new, the new season. But in between, it's ugly and messy. It's chaotic and confusing. It's called the neutral zone. And yeah, it's, you sort of come and go into it. And that's what happens within us. Letting go, neutral zone, new beginning. Reading in the book of Acts in West Portal Church, which is our home church, uh, Pastor Andrew Clausen and James uh, Wittenberg were doing a series in the book of Acts. And I was intrigued by references to time. For example, Acts chapter 9, Paul becomes a believer of dramatic experience on the way to Damascus. Does he become a missionary right away, planting churches? It doesn't talk about it in the book of Acts, but Galatians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, Paul says he was spent three years. He hadn't seen Peter yet, but he was three years alone in Arabia. Do you know what that boy was going through? transition. He was letting go of being mad at Christians to embracing a love for God in a new way and say, I want to make more people Christians. Acts chapter 26 verse 27 Paul spends two years in a prison in Caesarea. And I remember very clearly how Pastor Andrew Clausen says, we know nothing 
of what happened here these two years. As far as we know, there were no letters written to the churches. There were no people that came to meet with Paul there, other than the governor, Felix, and so on, met with him. He says, my hunch is that God was preparing Paul for his next season, which was being in prison in Rome. God was preparing him to let go of ministry, planting churches, and saying, Paul, there's a new season. You're going to write letters, and you're going to have people come visit you personally. So after years of walking people through their transition of culture shock, so they come from North America and they're going to start work in Europe. And it's very nice in Europe, extremely nice. But kids go through shock. It's a different experience. So we would we know that one and we walk with them. And then now it was our time to come back to North America. Our change went super. Like our container was packed and our container arrived with our possessions. Not one dish was broken. But the transition, this inside of me is something else. The change, a smooth road. The transition, no. And I want you to just do some multitasking now for the remaining time of the church service. Think of a change that you have gone through or that you are facing or something that is ahead of you. Where physically, things, the world is different. And then I want you to consider your inner psychological transition, letting go of the past, the neutral zone, and embracing the new. Now, Hazel, I've painted pretty dreary picture. Like, this is pretty, pretty bleak, like, when I talk about this. Now, Dave says we can laugh and we can cry, okay? So is there anything joyful in transition? Uh, the passage in Ecclesiastes, verse 4 said, there is a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, which many of you know about, and a time to dance. Seasons of our life were God's idea. Seasons that we have, winter, summer, spring, and fall, were God's idea. Our grandchildren, our two grandsons in Saskatoon, love the winter season. As soon as a few leaves started to drop, they said, Oh my, it's so exciting, winter will be here soon. And I said, 
winter, I still want to wear my sandals. It is still summer. No, Oma, it is going to be winter. Fall is coming. And the excitement that they had in this change of seasons, I thought, boys, I, I'm not ready <laughs> for this. But they were. And it, it really, um, it, it was catchy, I, I must admit. Now I'm starting to like the fresh air of fall. There is joy in seasons changing in transition. There is joy in starting a new job. There is something new that happens when you get creative in a new situation, uh, new setting, there's, there's joy there. All of a sudden you hear someone saying, I'm going to be moving to a new place or a new country or a new city. And you can just sense the anticipation that's there. And that's often where the joy is. It's this anticipating what's ahead. And that brings the joy. Or there's the joy, we're going to have a baby. I heard something about that this morning. There's going to be a baby born. And at that time, when we think of it and anticipate, somehow, uh, some of us remember sleepless nights, and I remember four children under four years, three in diapers. You forget all of that. We're expecting a baby, and there's excitement, and there's joy. And I think God has put that within us so that we can go through these transitions. There's anticipation of something new. God gives us joy in new seasons. But, as Richard said, it means letting go of the old. God gives us that chance of becoming totally dependent upon him in the midst of it. And then that's where the deep joy resides. But there's also pain. Pain. According to Bridges, the author of uh, Managing Transition, the book that I referred to, he says that research shows that people recover from loss more quickly if the losses can be openly discussed. So when you openly talk about it, you recover and more quickly. So thanks, Bruno. Bruno, mein lieber Freund, in Austria. He is my friend that I meet with, and we, in person in Austria, he, I Skyped with him this week, and he's going to be watching this later on. So I just said hi to him. Stages in grieving. What actually happens? The normal, natural process or sequence of what happens, according to Kubla Roche, is first of all, denial or numbness. It is a self-protection that enables one to do cognitive tasks. You should have seen us in the first weeks that we landed in Saskatoon. We were in quarantine, absolutely no problem for us. It was good, we didn't have to face people. And we were numb. I have never experienced Hazel so emotionless. It was fun to make decisions about buying a car because we could just 
do research and look at the facts, and it was emotionless. There were so many things that we had to do. And it was, I was thankful. But I was beginning to say, whoa, Richard, where are your emotions? And Hazel, they caught up with us. Next stages, I'll just quickly, is anger, anything from grumbling to rage, bargaining, unrealistic attempts to get out of the situation, to make it go away, anxiety, silent or expressed, a realistic fear of the unknown, and sadness. Expressed with everything from silence to tears. Not ready to talk. It simply hurt too much. That's been our journey in the last months. I knew of it sort of in my mind, and that is why we asked our mission agency, can we have the first three months simply in Saskatoon, and then we will visit churches in fall. And hopefully we'll have experienced some healing in this process. Because we had read it in books. We had talked to others who had transitioned. In reflecting, I asked myself, God, why pain? Like, aren't there other ways that you can teach us important lessons? This passage from Ecclesiastes, after this whole session, a time for, a time for, and a time for this, it says God has placed a bit of eternity in our hearts. God has put something in us that this world is really not my home. I want something else. There's got to be more than what I experience. And then it says in verse 14, God's purpose is that people should fear him. Now this doesn't mean to be afraid of God. God desires for us to have relationship with him. To be awed in his presence. To be thankful for him and to, to go to him. And God sends us seasons. And with these seasons and changes and transitions, there's a bit of pain because we're letting go and we're embracing something new. And that draws us to him. Hazel pointers. How can this be helped, eased, whatever? As Rich already said, when we landed, we had 14 days of quarantine. People were feeling sorry for us, and we said, no, we need this. And one thing we need in transition that's a very helpful thing is rest. Uh, God longs for us to become quiet. In the Bible, we see that time and time again, where there's such a longing for him. He says to Israel, become quiet, rest. But I sense you don't want that. And very often, that's what happens. In this transition time, we'd like to jump from this. We'd like to hold here, and we'd be like 
to just jump over to this side and forget about this stuff in the middle. That's just not a healthy way to transition. We need to stop and rest and reflect. God says that it's a time to be quiet, a time to not to speak, just to be quiet, to rest in him, to read his word, to find out what do you want of me. So often we, we run and we miss so much in that. And then we wonder why things are such in such chaos. We haven't taken time to rest or reflect. And we, we want that time with our creator who knows about our seasons, who understands us. The second thing is thankfulness. And here I'm preaching to myself. I know that things would be better for me if I would sit down and make a list of the things that I'm thankful for of the past 34 years in Austria, my perspective would change. And as I was writing this, I thought, Hazel, you've got an assignment ahead of you because that is what helps us to remember what God has done. And the third thing is prayer. Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. In this time, it just allows us to become quiet and to ask God, what do you want to teach me through this? And in these postures of rest, thankfulness, and prayer, that helps us to let go and to get to know our Heavenly Father better. And as Rich read from Ecclesiastes 3.14, God's purpose is that people should fear him and that we have a chance to get to know him better in this transition time. My final words, a thank you. A big, big thank you to you as a church for how you have walked with us. Words failed me. You have walked with us in the seasons of life. Three years ago, I was had a torn ligament in my knee, and someone brought me a stool that I could sit on as we spoke here. It was part of life. And so now I want to speak to you. Your next season. As you say goodbye to this season, to Richard and Hazel, you are embracing a new season. I was just excited. Kevin, when you read the financial, the project, and you say, hey, we've got two slots here because we're looking for people and we're going to be prepared. When God directs them to us, we're not going to be here empty-handed. We'll be there. I was so excited and say, hey, there's another family, couple already in the tube. They're preparing. They're going to Indonesia. I thought, wow, these people are way, way ahead of me. I was going to leave Matthew chapter 9, verse 38 with you. About where Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth workers. 
But I think you're doing that already. You're doing that. And you are prepared. So a big thank you. May you enjoy this next season of your life. May it even be even greater than the last 34 years that we have had with you. We commit ourselves to praying for you. And Saskatoon isn't that far away from Regina. We'll just pop in every now and then and just say hi because you are part of our life. Thank you and God bless you. Amen.